welcome to another episode of Unearthing Paranormalcy, the podcast that digs into the paranormal and tries to find normalcy in the topic. I'm Amy. I'm Dave. I'm Chad. I'm Eli. <laughs> <laughs> and this week we've got something very interesting. But we'll get to that in a second. We're going to take care of some business first. Last week when we released our... Um, paranormal or haunted indiana no that's not what it was <laughs> when we released our haunted illinois episode i said if you've got any stories um about hauntings and whatnot send it over and we'll read it in the next episode so i happen to have one and this is from dave with the northern illinois paranormal team and he sent this over to us um okay and dave's gonna read what he wrote just got done listening to the podcast and it sounded great Thanks for giving us some props for the Robinson Woods suggestion. I have two things for you. First, as I heard your part on Bachelor's Grove and its hauntings there. Back in my younger days, we used to go there, hang out, and get some scares. I could tell you a ton of stories from there, not only from investigating, but also personal stories from going there back in the day. Well, one time, years ago, we were there getting ready to leave after hanging out. And there's a long path you have to walk to get to the main road. When getting to the end of the road, me and a friend went ahead of the group to look out for the police who used to sit there. When we got to the end of the path, we saw three hooded figures who had no legs, but were levitating across the road, leaving from where we just were in the cemetery. And they were levitating across the road to the forest preserve across the street. Now, what also made this even stranger was there was a car driving on the road at the time headed straight for these hooded figures. It slammed on its brakes so not to hit them as they crossed. When they got to the other side of the road, they literally disappeared. Now, to current day, when our group went to investigate there one time, I took a picture with an IR camera that, to me, shows three hooded figures looking out from around trees. At the same time, we were taking pics with a regular camera, and when compared to the same time the picture was taken, the figures are not in the picture with the regular camera. I believe the pic is up on our site. We have had people take the picture to task for being just IR shadows, but I know what I remember seeing years ago, and it looks the same to me. During the podcast, I heard someone ask why so many hooded figure sightings. The area that Bachelor's Grove is in is part of a giant section of wooded area that long time before urban sprawl were all connected for miles around. Now there are at least a half dozen places within 10 miles of Bachelor's Grove I can think of where hooded figures are seen in the woods. There is a place in Willow Springs called Monk's Castle which is now a local famous place for sightings, including hooded figures. Monk's Castle is directly next to the I&M Canal, which was built around 1850 by Irish and European immigrants, and the work was nasty and very dangerous. The story is, the immigrants who passed away during the construction on the canal were buried in the cemetery that Monk's Castle is at which is still a functional cemetery to this day. But I have read that the whole area was cursed by the immigrant families for their family members dying such a nasty death. But the woods along the canal in Willow Springs all have a long list of sightings. 
everything to lights, ghosts, hooded figures, strange voices, and even unidentified flying objects, which have also been seen at Bachelor's Grove. So I connect the multiple sightings in the woods in the Willow Springs area of Bachelor's Grove to maybe being cursed. There is also a very heavy Native American connection to the whole area, which may intensify the paranormal activity. Does uh, anyone else think that Dave sounds a lot like our Dave? <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait, that's because Dave was reading. Okay. Yeah. Nasty. <laughs> Nasty. But thank you, Dave, for sharing those stories with us. And if you've got more stories, we'd love to hear them because we love spooky haunted stories. Yeah, that's David from the Northern Illinois Paranormal Team. Uh, the the website he was talking about is is his website uh, Northern Illinois Paranormal Team dot com mm-hmm. with no spaces and I believe we linked that on our Instagram post as well. He even has a, a picture on there of you remember we were talking about the house the that disappears house? the closer you get to it. He has a photo of that house on there. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, I, w- I Dave was like, hey Amy, come look yeah. at this, and I was like, oh, that's so cool. Anyway, now I watched the videos of like the the shadow people and the figures and. He has some really good evidence. It's definitely worth going and looking at. Some I'm going to get back to this, and then we'll get to this ep- this episode. But something that's really interesting to me are towns or cities like that. Like he's talking about the canal that was built in like the 1800s. We don't have things like that around here. Like if we like everything that was around here at that time was all Native American, and so not many of the structures and things still exist. Like you know, we we were the plains. There was. Now we still have like the spiral mounds and things. Yeah, like I that. mean we have stuff like that, but like not in the cities, like not in the big oh, town, yeah, like in the towns. Yeah. Like it's all like on the outskirts, like the the spiral mounds and all of that are not near any of the big cities or the towns that people would be able to go to, like just on a trip. You know, I mean you can't. I mean I guess you can go on just a trip, but you know it's not like an afternoon adventure for us. It's a six hour drive out there. Um, yeah. So it's kind of interesting. Oh, absolutely. Uh, I'm envious sometimes of the 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 older the older cities and stuff that have a lot of that stuff still around. So, all right. So to this episode, actually, no. Before we get to this episode, Eli, do you want to give our listeners an update? It was a dark and stormy night. Uh, I gotta be serious. Fuck it. All right. So um, we got the biopsy back from. I guess whoever does the biopsy. The pathologist. Pathologist, thank you. You're going to be my dictionary today, Chad. The smart guy at the one place. Yeah, the smart guy at the one place. Uh, <laughs> turns out that I have angiosarcoma, which is basically blood vessel cancer. Uh, long story short, fourth case, uh, fourth recorded case in history. I don't know, not history. It'd be history. It's the fourth fourth documented case. The fourth documented case of it being in, in, in like the cranial cranial area. God, I used a big word. That's crazy. <laughs> which uh, means which means the brain, right? Yeah. The head area. Yeah. Yeah. Dave, you're smarter than me. He just knows the word cranial. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. So basically, uh, I'm gonna their their the process is uh, they'll they're gonna take my left eye. And uh, basically, you kind of shave away at the infected part of the brain. And uh, after that, all goes through and everything heals up. I'll go through radiation. So, pretty healthy recovery. Well, that's what we're hoping for. Yeah. Well, good yeah. news is you don't need two eyes to 
podcast. And I'm going to look sexy as fuck with an eye patch. Oh yeah. We need to get we need a, we need to come up with a really good pirate name for Eli. So <laughs> listeners, if you have a good pirate name, send it over to us. Barnacle butthole. <laughs> Um, the Goonies, uh, One-Eyed Willie. <laughs> one-Eyed, one-Horned, fine purple actor. people eater. One-Eyed, one-Horned, fine purple people eater. But we'll be there with you, Eli. So. Yeah. And our listeners are with you, too. So. Amen. Or, and yeah. the doctors seem really Very positive, positive on the I, outcome. I was in the so. room when they came in and told us. and It's scary, but at the same time, the doctors think they... They, they can get this, and then it's going to be a positive Because outcome, so. great news, it hasn't spread anywhere else. <clears throat> yeah, so. so I got really lucky with the fact that it made itself known uh, with, uh, I don't know if you guys, we, there's pictures on our website, right? Yeah. Well, you, you guys see the like the left side of my, uh, like my left eye is kind of bulging out. That was basically the telltale sign that something was wrong, which is kind of obvious, but... I got lucky because angiosarcoma moves rapidly and is a very aggressive cancer. Whereas basically, even though we waited a little while to go through with all the all the process and stuff like that and the surgeries, it hasn't moved anywhere else. So uh, and that's where angiosarcoma becomes fatal is when like nine times out of ten, whenever they actually find what the hell it is, it's already spread throughout the body. This time, it's only in one area. So, so your cancer just can't play hide and seek for shit. No, but also, <laughs> I'm a, but also, I'm a goddamn unicorn. Yeah. Yeah. The doctor first came in and says. You're a, you're so special. You're a unicorn. <laughs> and then you say, and we all go. We fucking knew it. <laughs> <laughs> there ain't no one, no one else like Eli. Nope. Yeah. He's special. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> all right. So to this episode, and we're going to talk about it, it fell, fell from, from the, the sky. sky. <laughs> <laughs> Ribbit. Or frogs. <laughs> so. Like how we just talked right over we each did, other. We did. It's like, oh shit, it's frogs. So, oh shit, that's blood. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to talk about strange things that fell from the sky and try to figure out where in the hell they came from. It's a bowling bomb. I thought you were going to say a bully ball. I was like, that yeah. would Joe suck. Dirt. Joe Dirt. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's a bowling bomb. But I really did. I first thought you were going to say bowling ball, but I just imagined bowling ball. <laughs> it's a bowling ball. Bo- bo- oh, fuck. <laughs> I mean, we get some big hail around here, but I, oh. <laughs> They're like, we damn, got that's a 7 split. That sucks for him. <laughs> oh, nope, just two of them got down. Oh, okay, shit. <laughs> that would suck because, I mean, you imagine, like, your roofs are totaled at that oh, point. Oh, your roofs, your cars, <laughs> your bodies. Fuck your cars, your fucking roofs. <laughs> your walls. And it's going to take years to get it fixed because everybody's roof is going to have to be replaced. <laughs> I'm just saying, even the streets are going to be terrible. <laughs> 350 years from now, people are going to be like, I wonder what they were doing with all these balls in the ground. Why do they plant them? Why do they plant them, Joel? We were growing bowling trees. <laughs> That's how we get the wood for the lanes. Aliens come down, and they're like... <laughs> Aliens come down, they're like, what the fuck were they trying to grow with these three holes? <laughs> <laughs> All right. So <laughs> and we're stupid. Got it. <laughs> I like the bully tree. Sorry, that one got me. <laughs> That's where we get the lead. All right. <laughs> 
still got it. I still got it. Chad's been on it this week. Yeah, I've been making <laughs> terrible puns all week. <laughs> all right, Dave, why don't you go ahead and start us off? As far back as humans started recording historical events, all sorts of things have been reported to fall from the sky, typically during large storms. There's no dispute here that strong winds can rip objects off the ground and drop them elsewhere. I mean, come on, we're in Oklahoma. We've seen cars and cows carried away before. On rare occasions, though, things have fallen from a clear sky. What makes mysterious falls so puzzling is their selectivity. Most mysterious falls drop only one thing, such as stones, fish, frogs, snakes, spiders, fire and brimstone, or even coins. If a water spout was to go over a pond and pick up a large amount of fish, one would assume it would also pick up turtles, snakes, frogs, grass, and maybe some ducks, and displace them as well. But in these cases, it's normally just one type of thing. The next puzzling aspect is the amount of material rained down. Some falls go on for minutes or hours in a steady stream over a significant area of ground. While rains of object or colored rains may seem odd, they are more common than we realize. In the early 20th century, Charles Hoy Fort, an American writer and researcher who specialized in anomalous phenomena, collected around 60,000 newspaper reports that described falls of everything from frogs fish and snakes, to cinders and salt. So let's dig in, take cover, and discuss things that fell from the sky. Fire in the hole! Delicioso! Chocolate rain Some stay dry and others feel the pain Chocolate rain Raining chocolate would be awesome. Yes, please. Do you guys not remember... All Sunny over with a chance of meatballs. Oh, my God. <laughs> if it was rain and chocolate, though, I'd be like, ah. Okay. Well, actually, first, we're going to cover organic material that fell from the sky. Organic so, means living. Yes. Living cells, things like that, that fell from the sky. So, Chad, go ahead and let's start with our first organic rainfall. The raining of animals is a relatively common meteorological phenomenon reported through many countries throughout history. There are many different beliefs on why this happens. The most common belief is that a tornadic water spout or tornadic activity over the source sends creatures into the atmosphere only to fall farther when the wind gusts can't hold them any longer. Sharknado. Yeah, Sharknado. Tigernado. So here's a list and a couple sightings of this happening. With fish, you have in 2016, Dire Dawa, Ethiopia. Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, also in 2016. Oroville, California in 2017. And there's about 30 more recorded sites. Spiders, Albury, Australia in 1974. (laughs) Salta Province in Argentina in 2007. Santo Antonio de Platina in Brazil in 2013. Goldberg, Australia in 2015. Frogs and toads. Ishaka Prefecture. Japan, t- 2009, Hungary, and 2010, and Uruguay in 2011. Jellyfish in Bath, England in 1894. Worms in Jennings, Louisiana, 2007. 
various marine animals, such as octopi, squid, and a bunch of others. I actually remember that one. In China in 2018. One of the only truly documented sites that has been recorded multiple times and um, yeah, is known as Lava de Peces. I think I, I totally probably butchered that because I'm Oklahoma. Okay, he don't speak Spanish. What do you think that means? You took Spanish. Say it. Lueve de Peces. Lueve, new fish? Lueve. Lueve. It means the rain of fish. Uh-huh. It's said to occur at least once or twice a year in the small town of Yoro, Honduras. During large rainstorms, thousands of small fish supposedly rain from the sky. It is said to have happened, or to be happening, in this town since the 1800s during the months of May and June. Just free food, right? Yeah. <laughs> the fish are tiny, though. There's, like, pictures of them. And they're, oh, they're I mean, those little, like, they're like minnows. sardine things? Yeah, they're yeah, like little like... minnows. Well, uh, it's... If you give a man a fish, he eats for a day. You if you give him a whole bunch of, rain, of bait, yeah. <laughs> he can eat for a lifetime. <laughs> wow, you found the silver lining. <laughs> In the 1970s, National Geographic was actually on site witnessing it happen. So it actually makes it one of the only truly documented cases of it raining animals. Hmm. Like being... Actually being seen and yeah, witnessed. Documented and stuff like that. And then in January 1877... Thousands of living black snakes rained upon Memphis, Tennessee. <laughs> so, it was in a, about a two-block radius in downtown Memphis. I'm of course, sorry. this is 1877, so it wasn't that big. Fuck but, that. Uh, and that was before planes, even, so yeah. there wasn't no snakes on no motherfucking planes <laughs> that fell to the sky. A lot of people believe that it was snakes that just kind of uh, slithered out during the rainstorm for the cooler weather. The cooler weather. Cooler weather and the water. And snakes would uh, do that. But, but most scientists believe that they were actually picked up by a hurricane that had just hit the coast. And had, the wind gusts had picked them up and just dropped them on Memphis. That is a long way to well, fling some snakes. If you, you know hurricanes can travel fairly far. I mean, I know. We get, we get hurricanes here but from the ones that hit down in, in the Gulf. Uh, the Gulf. But, but that's still a long way to carry some fish. <laughs> There some snakes. Uh, many of the snakes were twisted into each other and tangled. Range, they ranged from a foot to a foot and a half. Uh, <laughs> it landed within about this, thousands of snakes within about two blocks radius. Um, some uh, someone actually sh- like shoveled some, put them in a, like a big jar, and took them to the newspaper for them to report on it. And like even when they got them there, a lot of the snakes were still alive, but a lot of them are dead. But they were all tangled into each other in knots and. Stuff oh like that. Goodness. So it wasn't like they just slithered out and then tangled themselves together, which, I mean, they do do that when they now, procreate. But. A few years back, I don't know if you guys remember this or not, we had a big, we, you know how we have our monsoon season sometimes, mm-hmm. and we had had a lot of rain one year, and everywhere we'd go, we'd find these long worm-like things just like, Play, like rolling around in the puddles and stuff and I'd never seen it before and I'd never seen these things and what they were was they're like little snakes that apparently come out in the rain but I'd never seen them before we had so many of them everywhere yeah. and but I love snakes I think snakes are one of the coolest coolest animals out there but oh, fuck that, that them raining from the sky terrifying. Oh my, it, it, it reminds me of the scene in uh, 
uh, just thinking about it, it reminds me of the scene from Indiana Jones when he's in the room with all the snakes. Yeah. <laughs> this is literally Eli would have had a hard time. This is literally my interaction with that. I'd open up the door and be like, "Well, not today, Satan." <laughs> <laughs> like our dog does if it's raining. It's like, "Nah, I just pee in the house. Yeah. It's fine." <laughs> I'd be like, "Fuck this shit, I'm out." I'm like, "Fuck that." Uh, I got some dried up ramen noodles I can eat for the next 6 4 weeks. <laughs> Fuck that, dude, Jesus. So that's what Chad's got. Eli, what did you bring to the table? A lot of examples. (laughs) As a heavy rain fell and a strong wind blew, a curious event took place at Mount Nash, Glamorshire, Wales. This is in good old Wales. Wales. Late. Wrong Wales. (laughs) Hey, you guys. That was a really good, like, <laughs> <laughs> I forgot the fish's name. Dory. Dory impression. Good boy. <laughs> I speak whale. Yeah. It's illegal to go whaling in Oklahoma, so exactly. I, learned, I learned to speak it. So it's I could only, speak to them it's only illegal on Wednesday. When, yeah. And you can't walk backwards and eat a burger in Oklahoma City. It's true. <laughs> what else? Uh, late, late in the morning. <laughs> He hasn't even got a sentence out. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I have. Keep going. (laughs) Late on the morning of February 9th, 1859, numerous residents, including members of the clergy, witnessed it. One observer, John Lewis, provided this account not long afterwards to a correspondent for the annual register. I was getting out a, a piece of timber for the purpose of setting it for the saw Ah, if he's from Wales, I don't think he sounds like that. Oh, (laughs) you're fucking right. Sorry, Dave. I got excited. I was getting out a piece of timber. (laughs) He's Australian. Shit. Hey, I moved there, right? I moved there. I was getting out a piece of timber for the purpose of setting it to the soul when I was startled by something falling falling right all over way. me. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> Down my neck, on my head. Oh, he's angry. <laughs> and on my back. I'm putting my hand down my neck. I was surprised to find there were little fish. By this time, I saw the whole ground covered with him. I took off my hat, the brim of which was full of them. They were jumping all about. They covered the ground in long strips of, a long strip of about 80 yards by 12. As we measured, that's a long dick. As we measured afterwards, the shed was covered with them, and the chutes were quite full of them. My mates and I, he used mates. He's fucking Australian. Well, then this works. My mates and I might have gathered buckets full of them. Scrapping with our hands, we did gather a great many, about a bucket full, and threw them into the rain pool. Where some of them, or some of them are now, there are two showers with an interval of about ten minutes, and each shower lasted about two minutes, or thereabouts. The time was eleven a.m. The morning up train to Abadea was just then passing. It was not blowing very hard. They came down with the rain, as if in a body. Another witness, the Reb John Griffin, sorry John Griffith, collected some specimens the largest of which was five inches long. Average size penis, yes. 
falls a fish, and as we shall see, of other animals, as well as organic matter, generally, have been remarked on for many centuries. The first known printed reference appears in Plotney's Natural History, 77 CE. In common with some subsequent would-be explainers, he doubted that living things actually fell, presumably reasoningly, Fish cannot live in the sky. Fish cannot fall from the sky. In this view, the creatures were already present <laughs> on the ground. Favorite quote ever. <laughs> Fish do not live in the sky. Fish cannot fall, fall from, from the, the sky. sky. In this view, creatures were already present on the ground. And where in point of fact, they did not live either. As dusk and slime that, when exposed to a vigorous spring rain, sprouted into animals. This is in parentheses, by the way. Which then returned to dusk and slime with the onset of winter. In recent centuries, some theorists have held that a hard rain drives small animals from their unusual hiding places. Thus, the impression that the animal fell in the rain is a delusion. No doubt, that happens sometimes. And that is why we are here. Concerns ourselves mostly with witnessed falls. Other explanations need not concern the serious inquirer. A particularly notorious... Example is a British museum scientist suggestions that the mountain ashfall recounted above resulted from the dumping of a pail of fish on someone's head. A mass full of crabs. Okay. It's raining crabs. Hell it itches it raining crabs. It's so much better. A mass full of crabs and periwinkles. Near Worcestershire, England in 1881 was an attributed to a crazed, though untraceable, fishmonger. Fish what? Fishmonger. <laughs> What's that like? Crabs. Oh, he walks around stealing people's fishes. I'm just thinking, I'm like it's picturing... It's a conspiracy. <laughs> free, I it. Fake news. <laughs> I'm just picturing Springfield Jack, but instead of smacking ladies' tits, he's dumping buckets of fish on people. Uh-huh. <laughs> You're fishy now! <laughs> Springfield Jack, away! <laughs> Today, hardly anyone disputes the occurrence of falls. The debate instead centers on how anomalous the causes are. For some, to whom falls are the mer... What the fuck? (laughs) (laughs) Are the mer... Mer Mer curiosity of nature? Yeah. Thank you. God damn, that was hard. Such events happen when water spouts or tornadoes, like my brother Chad said carry animals from a nearby body of water and dump them on the land. How rude. While sp- superficially plausible, this explanation does not begin to deal with some of the central and thoroughly bizarre aspects of the phenomenon. With this characteristic, succinct wit, Charles Fort defined the shortcomings of this view. Coffins have come down from the sky. Also, as everybody knows, silk hats and horse collars and pajamas. But these things have not come down at the wind of a whirlwind. He's a really bad Dr. Seuss. <laughs> <laughs> the two statements that I start with are that no shower exclusively of coffins, nor marriages certificates, nor of alarm clocks have been recorded. But that showers exclusively of living things of common. Why are you whispering? Shh. <laughs> Because that's how Charles Hoyt talked. Exactly. 
He also whispered sweet nothings into his wife's ear. <laughs> and yet, it's as loud as it gets, by the way. And yet, <laughs> the explanations of orthodox scientists to accept that showers of living things have occurred in that the creatures were the products of whirlwind. Sorry, whirlwinds. <laughs> the explanation is that little frogs, for instance, fall up from the sky unmixed with anything else because in a whirlwind, the creatures were segregated. How rude. So you're uh, telling frogs me... Frogs' lives matter. <laughs> you're telling me that the frogs have to go to the back of the bus? Yeah. <laughs> it gets worse. <clears throat> I think. By differences in specific gravity, frogs are s- s- smarter. Yes. yes. <laughs> <laughs> so it's separated by weight. It take forever. <laughs> but when a whirlwind strikes down a town, away go detachables in a monstrous mixture, and there's no findable record of washtubs coming down in one place, all the town's cats in one falling battle that lumps in in felicious... In one place, and all the kittens coming down together somewhere else in a distant bunch that meows. Got the lovely bunch of kittens. For it's lumps of mothers. Lumps of mothers. That's what the last thing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, wait. Not she, mothers. Amy just about mothers. spit that out. <laughs> she she about spit <laughs> it's going to take us forever to get through this part. I'm only on page 12. <laughs> Truly anomalous falls usually consist of one species of animal or organic material. In other words, other species of animals do not rain down with fish or frogs. This is in parentheses. And if they do not, it is only a very small number of sp- other species. Mud, sand, plant life, debris such as whirlwind picks up as it passes over lakes, creeks, rivers, or seas are not to be found. The selectivity, uh, the selectivity is such that often the following animals are not only of the same species, but the same age. And that's what makes this stuff so fascinating. Yeah, it's like, like I said, it, it's, it doesn't make any sense. Yeah. I'm picturing the story, like Whirlwind, like playing that little mich- like the kid's toy <laughs> that's like, the cow says, move. But, <laughs> and today we take... The frog says, ribbit, ribbit. <laughs> All right, frogs it is. <laughs> it would be like us going out and cleaning up after a, a bad storm, and the only thing that we're cleaning up is frog bodies or something. Yeah. It's like, where's all the fence panels? Where's all the fucking dirt? Where's all of this and all of that? Yeah. Which usually happens. Let me tell you, tornadoes throw mud like no other. Mm-hmm. Every tornado I've seen, everything is coated in mud. And grass, yeah, so it just rips the grass out of the ground. Like if you yeah. if you look back at where the May third went or the May twentieth, the path is just nothing but dirt afterwards. Yeah. Back to you, Eli. Thank you. In many cases, moreover, there are vast numbers of them. On September twenty third, nineteen seventy three, for example, tens of thousands of toads fell on Brignoles, France, during what was described as a freak storm, and they were all. S- all young toads. In September, in September 1922, young toads fell for two days on another French village. Chalons-sur-Sion be between 7 and 8 a.m. on October 23, 1947. Wildlife biologist A.D. Butchikoff. That's pretty freaking good. 
and residents of Marksville, Louisiana, witnessed a fall of many thousands of fish, which landed cold and even frozen in some cases on a strip 75 feet wide and 1,000 feet long. Weather conditions were foggy but otherwise calm, which makes this episode unusual but not unprecedented. Most falls take place during storms. Another fall of frozen fish occurred in December 22, 1955, when one smashed through the windshield of a car occupied by two men driving to work near Alexandria, Virginia. Traffic was light, and they were somehow near an underpass. From the damage done, a photograph appeared in the same day's Washington Evening Star. The fish apparently large carp fell from a considerable height. The animal that the animals that fall may or may not be known to the area. I'm just imagining that <laughs> car ride. Hey Jim, you want to go fishing after work today? Yeah, that sounds pretty good. <laughs> Did you just will that into existence? Wow, you were some kind of sorcerer. <laughs> you got to be burned to the stake now, boy. Mm-hmm. He's a witch. Marksville fish were, according to Bechkovov, identical to those found in local waters. In science, Jay Hedgepath recorded a brief fall he had witnessed in Guam in 1936, noting that one of the specimens was identified as the trench, which to to my knowledge, is common only to the fresh waters of Europe. The presence of this species at a local so remote from its normal habitat is worthy of note. Sometimes, and this is a quote, sometimes the animal can not be identified. When fish fell on Montgomery County, California, in February of 1890, they proved to be of according of one who saw them and wrote up the event. A species altogether known here. Sorry, that's what the end quote was. <laughs> if you finish reading it, it makes more sense. Oh, it's a quote within a quote. <laughs> quote within a quote. I see. A species altogether unknown here. End quote. The people of Clifton, Indiana, did not recognize the brown worms that fell. You covered this already. You did. Not the worms. I did cover said worms in Louisiana, but... okay. The Clifton, Indiana, did not recognize the brown worms that fell on them one day in February 1892, and neither did the editor of Insect Life. Now, let's take a second real quick and talk about the fact that they found what they called a trencher in Guam, which was native to Europe. Yeah, that's a in, hell of a travel. In 1936. In 1936. Yeah. He saved up his miles, <laughs> his air miles, okay? The, the plane was not even invented until 1906. Or 1903. But for that fish, it was? The, fl- the, the, the fish took a flight on like a <gasps> seagull? Yes. It, it was a flying fish. Oh, I see. Ah, ah gotcha. He no. went on vacation, okay? Um, he wanted to see Guam, but no. So what other kinds of animals are known to have fallen? Did you not listen to me? I listened to you, but this I know this has a lot of other stuff. Young fish. Goldfish. The snack that smiles back. <laughs> Most stories I read were mainly fish, but strange all the way down to spiders and yeah. snakes and octopi. Just like saying that word. Um, the one outside, I think it would suck would be jellyfish. Yeah. Just be walking down oh. the street. What the fuck is that? <laughs> <laughs> uh, Qu- 
quick. Oh, that fucking hurt. Someone pee on my face. <laughs> R. Kelly, where are you? <laughs> oh, yes, I cannot now move on. Golden rain. <laughs> if I can see you. You fucking do it. There's something to it. <laughs> if I believe it, Harold, I believe I can pee on your face. This is Relieve the, the stinging all over. Of my song about pissing. <laughs> and we've turned this into a pissing podcast. Okay, so um, here you go. And now we did talk about the fact that usually they don't fall together, right? Well, in this case, fish and frogs fall together. Okay. Okay. One uh, fish, two fish, red frog, blue frog? <laughs> Con- what kind of drugs are you taking? <laughs> Fuck. He was licking those frogs. <laughs> He's like, Kermit? <laughs> he was. Snozberries taste like <laughs> snozberries. He thought he was going to find a princess. And the first one didn't turn into one, so I thought, well, maybe she wanted well, I was some told that, I was told if you kiss a frog, it turns into a prince. So I thought if you lick it... <laughs> it turns eat. into a prince. <laughs> Amy gets it. <laughs> yeah, I, I can follow that train of thought <laughs> as well. Right here, right? There is seriously something <laughs> fucked up in your head. Oh, I know. I loved it. <laughs> All right. Collinsville County, Texas, May 1988. A peculiar... Or may not. A peculiar phenomenon occurred west of northwest of McKinney. Fish and frogs fell from the sky, and in some places almost covered the ground. This occurred in the afternoon when a heavy thunderstorm drenched the county. After it passed, the ground was stewed with thousands of small fish, an inch or less long, countless numbers of small frogs. The most peculiar thing about this was that the fish were known uh, sorry the fish were unknown here and the frogs all alive coal black were also known uh, coal black and also were unknown so the frogs were coal black and unknown to the area and so were the fish interesting Paris News Texas so this is this is actually documented uh, sorry it happened in 18, uh, 1889 but it wasn't actually documented until April April thirtieth, nineteen fifty one. Is it? It's crazy to me that when it's animals that fall from the sky, they all seem to be living when they hit the ground. That's that's what's amazing to me too. And you would think that if they fell from the sky, they'd go splat. Yeah, my stuff goes splat. <laughs> that's nasty. Anyways, <laughs> San Francisco, California, December eighteenth, eight. Again, 1889. What a fucking weird year. By the way, that was 1899 on Texas. Well, I can't read or see. Thank you. (laughs) You're welcome. San Francisco, California, December 1889. A peculiar phenomenon. 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 (laughs) Phenomenon. Phenomenon. All right. San Francisco, California, December 18, 1889. A peculiar phenomenon was witnessed just off Kearney early this morning. It began nothing more or nor less than a shower of small crabs. A light shower of... Crabs. You like that, don't you, Mr. Crabs? A light shower was falling, and accompanying it were crabs by the hundreds. 
Now, listen, okay, this is before, like, you know, like, people, I mean, it might have not been before people, like, writing stories about fucking aliens coming from the sky. If I was in this year of this time, I'd be like, we're going to get invaded by crab people, <laughs> and we're all going to die. Maybe that's what it was. Maybe it was the extraterrestrial seeding the earth. Like, oh, this place needs some crabs. <laughs> oh, this place needs some fish. <laughs> Oh, this place needs some uh, snakes. And they interbred with all the other stuff around and what, created like super monsters. What also is kind of throwing me <laughs> off is, um, especially like in the general area of like Texas and stuff like that, and even Oklahoma, why a lot of these like central, central, uh, central U.S. But what really gets me is like, you know, Bible Belt, like things start falling from the sky, people should immediately, in my mind's eye, go, oh my God, it's the end days. Was it the end days or is it, oh my God, God is blessing us today. Look at this bounty that we have received from the heavens. No. He's turning the bread into fish. <laughs> or crabs. They turn the water into crabs. <laughs> <laughs> God damn it, itches. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We're crabs by the hundreds, raging in the size from that of a dime. To up to a good sized oyster. A similar visitation occurred at about the same hour on California Street between Sansom and ba- Battery. That sounds just like a terrible place to be. Sansom and Battery? Hey, Joel, where are you going after work? Sansom and Battery. Well, they pronounce it ba- Battery. 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 This is in California. Oh, it's California? Yeah. Oh, it could be Battery. Well, I battery. Battery. <laughs> battery. <laughs> But the crabs which fell there were few in number. While they were covered in the sidewalk and gutter for a space at at least 20 feet in length. And this is from the uh, Morning Organian. Oh, this is in Portland. So, never mind. I was wrong. This is in Portland. Uh, Organian, Portland, December 19th. Uh, I have another one from Snails. Snails? Snails falling from the sky. Must have been a slow rain. Yeah. <laughs> slow and steady winds and rains. Can you imagine their fucking ooey gooey shit falling? And then Can you imagine not the, the only that their shells? No, fuck that. I I'd, I'd rather be <laughs> I'd rather be hit in the head several times with their shells than have that gooey shit in my hair. <laughs> yeah, we're not gonna go into that. It's palmade. Uh, Tiffin, Ohio, April twenty first, eighteen eighty nine. Again in eighteen eighty nine, a strange phenomenon took place there last night. It was no more. No more nor less than a heavy shower of snails from Pinhead in size to some large as half dollars. The ground in Highland Edition, a suburb of town of the town, was covered with them. The noise they made in, in their descent was like a falling of a falling of hail. In the eastern part of the city, snails literally covered the sidewalks, although and only sprinkled lightly. Crawford County, Ohio. It's cargo. <laughs> Shit. Crawford County, Ohio, September 21st, 1903. During the night... Where are we at? Ohio? Okay. (laughs) No, we're in Norman. During the night... During the night, millions of uh, diminutive snails fell in the morning, and the earth was slimy with little specimens of gastropods. Handfuls of snails were gathered up and examined under microscopes and proved to be perfect specimens. The reign of snails does not seem to have been general, but it was noticed by several sections south and 
west of Barrison. End quote. Mercedes, Texas, October twenty, uh, October second, nineteen thirty-one. During a light shower in the evening, Mrs. Majori and Betty Welch were riding along this highway, and and they came to spot in the road where hail appeared to be falling. The highway was literally covered with an inch or so of some white objects, appearing to be hail. The girls got out with their escorts and examined the highway and found it covered with thousands and thousands of tiny snails. The pavement, sorry, the pavement could not be seen through the snails, they said. Otherwise, the residents of Progresso Highway today reported they had also seen the snails in large numbers. So we got snails in multiple places. Now, here's, here's one thing I read into with, with animals is one of the theories is that flocks of birds are carrying these animals and then they just drop them. But there's way too many for it to be a flock of birds. I've, I mean, I've seen big flocks of birds, but those are tiny birds that usually fly in the bigger flocks. Yeah. Like the ones that are going to be getting like the big animals, like frogs and fish and all that stuff, snakes, those are going to be relatively small flocks. See, what's dumb is in, in Louisiana when I was there, it wasn't unheard of for certain things to fall from the sky after storms. Yeah. And it was anything from, like, worms to fish. I yeah. Mean, and the first time I saw it freaking the fuck out, but after I saw it the first time, I was there, okay, a logical situation, storm picked them up, and I was just fine. Coastal cities, I understand a lot of that. But, like, the snakes in Memphis, it's like, what? Like... It, it, some of it just doesn't make sense at all. Well, we yeah. talked like even in school, we even talked about the fact that precipitation, frogs. Like, there's many ideas or many uh, many hypotheses, uh, kind of aimed towards, especially whenever it's like frogs or fish, where you would have droughts and then precipitation would come into effect. It being brought up, sorry, uh, where you would have precipitation in a drought, and it just take you know, piles of eggs up with the remaining water and then those clouds would follow, you know, wherever the hell they're going and then it would rain and then by the time it would rain, those fish would already be had. I mean, it's a situation where it still would carry it. Yeah. You know? So, with the animals, we could kind of explain it with some weather phenomenon. I've got some organic material that I'm not sure we can explain with weather phenomenon. All right? It's raining, baby. Oh shit! That was a penis. Hallelujah. Oh, there's the balls. <laughs> Big mushroom stamp. I, I just got goggled. Okay, so maybe it's not necessarily men, but we don't really know what it is. Just imagine you walk outside into your yard in the morning to go to work. You know, going out to your car, and everything is covered in blood and flesh and blood. This is a terrible guided meditation. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, first off, ew. But apparently this has happened many times. Don't piss off your ex. That doesn't happen. What the hell is going on? So in Wilson, Can- Wil- Wilson, County, Wilson County, Tennessee, August 4th, 1841, a shower, apparently of flesh and blood, has fallen near Lebanon. The fields were covered to a considerable extent. The account staggered our belief. But strange as it may appear... 
It has been confirmed by a statement from several gentlemen of high character who have personally examined the scene of this phenomenon. They state that the space covered by this extraordinary shower is half a mile in length and about 70 yards in width. In addition to the information just received, we have been favored by Dr. Truce, professor of chemistry in the University of Nashville, with the following letter from a highly respectable physician in Lebanon. We have also seen the specimens sent to him for examination. To us, they appear to be animal matter, and the odor is that of putrid flesh. The letter is to Dr. Truce from W.P. Style. Quote, with me, there can be no doubt of this being animal matter blood and muscular fiber. The par- particles I send to you, I gathered with my own hands from the extent of the surface over which it was spread and the regular manner of some green tobacco leaves leaves very little to doubt of its have fallen from the shower of rain. As it is stated to have fallen from a small red cloud, no other clouds visible in the heavens at the time. It took place on Friday last between 11 and 12 o'clock, just a few miles north of Lebanon. This is from the Ohio Repository in Canton on September 9th, 1841, reprinted from the National Ban- Nashville Banner. Yeah, yeah this is def- definitely rain blood. This isn't from a murder I committed or anything. It, it, it rained blood. Yeah, I, I promise it wasn't for me. First off, if he collected it with his hands, I hope he wore gloves. If not, I hope he washed them. I, I would hope so, too. Now, if this is not enough for you, here's another one. Sampson County, North Carolina, February 15th, 1850. We received the following communications from Mrs. Mr. Clarkson fr- through Mr. Holland of Canton. There fell within 100 yards of a residence of Thaus M. Clarkson, a shower of flesh and blood about 30 feet wide and as far as it was traced about 200 to 300 yards in length. The pieces appeared to be flesh, liver, lights, brains, and blood. Some of the blood ran on leaves and apparently were very fresh. Three of his children were in the rain and ran to their mother, exclaiming, quote, Mother, there's meat falling. The mother went immediately to see, but the shower was over. But there lay the flesh, etc. Neil Campbell, Esquire, living close by, was on the spot shortly after it fell and pronounced it as above. One of his children was about a hundred yards from the shower and came running to the rest, saying it smelt like blood. During this time, or during the time it was falling, there was a cloud overhead, having a red appearance, like a wind cloud. There was not rain. The piece of which was left with us has been examined with two of the best microscopes in the place, and the existence of blood was well established, but nothing was shown giving, Indian, in, giving any indication the character of the matter. matter. It has a smell both in the dry state and when macerated in water, of putrid flesh, and there can be scou- scarcely no doubt that it is such. Just Mother Nature's time of the month. <laughs> I can imagine the kids, they're, they're at the door, they're like, Mom, Mom. She's like, you better come into this house where I am and tell me what you have to say. And they're like, 
I'm covered in blood. <laughs> <laughs> what did you do to your brother, Jimmy? <laughs> I'm not done yet. Near Los Angeles, California in 1869, mourners gathered for a funeral at a farm. Blood and meat rained out of the sky for three minutes. The substance blanketed two acres of cornfield. On examination, the blood was found to be mis- mixed with what looked like hair and some animal fur. The flesh ranged in the size from smaller particles about six to eight inch to six to eight inch strips, including what witnesses looks, said looked like kidneys, liver, and heart. The witnesses brought samples to the local newspaper, whose editors subsequently declared that the meat fell cannot be doubted. Even the persons in the neighborhood were willing to vouch that it came from what we cannot conjure. This is from the Los Angeles News, August 3rd. I've got it. I know what it is. The red clouds are Bigfoot's spaceships. And he's just dropping all the leftovers from his meals. Possibly. Now, don't worry. I have more. Gastonia County, North Carolina, November 27th, 1876. A gentleman writing from Gastonia gives an account of a truly wonderful occurrence. I don't know how wonderful is the term you would use there, but yeah. If he's a vampire, maybe It was the 1870s. He states that the shower, a shower of flesh, genuine, unmistakably flesh, fell on the farm of Mr. James M. Hanna. How wonderful. <laughs> the circumstances so far, as they can gather from the letter alluded to and from the statement of G.W. Chalk of the cities of Charlotte, uh, Charlotte, who visited the spot and heard the statements of those who witnessed the phenomenon, are as followed. Saturday afternoon at 3 o'clock, while Mr. M, er, Mr. James M. Hanna and some of his little grandchildren were picking cotton in a field near his house, they were astonished at the sight and smell of flesh falling all around them. The shower continued some time for some time. And when it ceased, it was discovered that the flesh was scattered over an area about half an acre on the ground. The pieces varied from half an ounce to an ounce in weight. In the words of our correspondent, quote, the ground was not covered, but the flesh felt like hail. In appearance, an order of the fresh meat, but the pieces sent to us for inspection almost entirely odorless, resembled dry beef. It may be added that the weather was perfectly calm at the time of the shower, and that there has been no storm and no heavy wind in the area for several weeks. This is from the Newark Advocate in Ohio, December 1st, quoting from the Charlotte Observer. Our, now, all of these accounts are from the 1800s, but that doesn't mean that raining blood has stopped. And the most recent story I found was in Sri Lanka in around 2012. Now, this is a little different. There, was, there weren't bits of flesh raining down, but the rain, it rained red for several hours. The citizens were afraid that it was tainted, and the Sri Lankan government investigated and the scientists discovered that there were in fact living organisms in the red rain, but they didn't possess any DNA. Upon further investigation, they learned that people in the area had seen something in the sky the week before the rain. They were able to find a meteorite and upon closer look, were able to find the same organisms living in the meteorite. So there we have it. Alien life. Bum, 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 bum. Now, so, so they were living organisms, but they didn't have. They any didn't possess DNA. any DNA. So, 
Well, any DNA as we understand it Correct. is probably a different kind of um, different kind of particles that made them up. Yeah. Now I don't know about you, but when I was reading the three stories, I just pictured a flying saucer flying overhead. And Glurk, the janitor, opening the trash compactor to release all the cow mutilation trash. It wasn't his fault. It landed on somebody's funeral. Or was it? Honestly, I can, know, I can find no explanation for why these cases of not only blood, but flesh fell from the sky. Hey, Glurk noticed that that's where we were dumping bodies. <laughs> so he was like, oh, this is where they go. Because well, all of this was pre-flight. Like, yeah. so it's... And then they're spotting red cloud. Like, it... I can't figure this one out. Like the rain, all that makes sense. Now, one of the explanations I saw was a flock of vultures dropping meat. But then again, vultures don't usually fly in big flocks. Yeah, and they don't like, really They tend to be more meat. solo type birds. And they don't drop it for two days straight. Yeah. Like, Wasn't one of yours that did it for like two days? That was the one in Sri Lanka. That was yeah. the organism. But... I I just I don't know. Maybe, it's yeah. it's just really hard for me to figure that one out. Like the living animals, I can kind of okay with the water spouts, the tornadoes, the hurricanes. Okay, no, I can buy some of that. But the other ones, I'm just like, what? Yeah. Maybe a tornado hit a slaughterhouse <laughs> and picked all of it up and left the debris of the building and. And to just carry all the, the flesh blood, and blood and flesh, and then dropped it. But what about the fresh stuff? Tornado was moving fast. <laughs> I it, it it baffles me. Now, now another thing is the displacement of things. I mean, people would probably report, "Hey, my slaughterhouse got hit by a tornado, and it carried off all this meat I just butchered." Yeah. You know, you think that. You would hear about that story as well. I mean, yeah. I would, you know, every now you and know. again, it would be nice to have like, you know, a grade A steak dropped in your lap. <laughs> like, oh, sweet. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I don't think I'd want that. Yeah. Especially when it's putrid. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Some, some of it was putrid. I'm just picturing those kids playing out in the rain, coming back looking like Carrie. They're <laughs> 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 all going to laugh at you. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So now we're going to move to non-organic materials. Yes. And these are really interesting. Dave, why don't you start us off? On October 18th, 1867, the residents of Thames Ditton, Surrey, England, witnessed a shower of fire in the evening sky. The light was described as brilliant and lasted for at least 10 minutes. According to Simon's Monthly Weather Magazine... <laughs> Quote, next morning it was found that the water butts and puddles in the upper part of the village were thickly covered with a deposit of sulfur. Unquote. Oh, yeah. I'm bringing health. Oh, fuck. <laughs> Hellfire and brimstone. <laughs> On April 13th, 1879. Snap into a dress shirt. The Pennsylvania town of Reading, Allentown, and Easton experienced a snowstorm. And among the flakes was a substance that looked and smelled like sulfur. It was half an inch deep in some places. A newspaper reported, quote, Small quantities that were scraped together and set on fire burned as readily as sulfur and emitted the same fumes, unquote. Stinky. Uh-huh. 
So we have a town. We have a town here called Sulphur, and it smells like rotten eggs when you drive through the town because they've got a lot of sulfur deposits in the. the Now I know that sulfur dioxide is what is present in acid rain, but that usually doesn't come down as like a solid substance because sulfur dioxide is a gas. Yeah. I could see it being if it was sulfur oxide, like, I mean, up in the rain clouds and stuff, and as it bounces in the atmosphere until it gets heavy and drops in, you know, in water. Yeah. Would make sense. And then, I guess if there's a lightning storm or something and... Ignites it. Ignites it as it falls. Oh, yeah, yeah. That would kind of explain the fire and stuff, but still... Yeah, the gas is definitely flammable. Off the table, kitty. Um, It burns a blue color. Get your ass over here. He said, I want to be on the podcast. Don't give me that look. <laughs> Our cat has interfered in the uh, podcasting. <laughs> in Hungary, in 1841, a peculiar fall of stones happened, according to Osberg Gazette, who dispatched a scientific correspondent from Vienna. Quote, The number of stones which fell are computed at 350,000 million. They varied in size from a hazelnut down to a poppy seed, but most of them were about the size of a pea. The composition of stones besides flint, lime, and clay earth containing oxidant of iron. The stones were quite cold, and though the night was very calm, fell almost at an angle of 45 degrees. So that some other power than gravity must have been working on them as well as their gravity, unquote. Got it. That's how Stonehenge was made. <laughs> <laughs> well, I started thinking maybe like a volcano eruption somewhere sh- shot it out. Like when Mount St. Helens blew, Giggity. I mean, it blew a lot of rock and dirt and stuff. I thought that too, and I actually looked at volcano activities for all these years I'm presenting, and... None happened in those years. None major volcanoes. Interesting. Because stones are not <clears> something <throat> you would expect to get just picked up and flung everywhere. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In the early summer of 1921 in Utica, New York, press wires reported, quote, For several weeks, stones as large as billiard balls have been dropping on the house, apparently out of the sky. They fall perpendicularly as if dropped, not thrown. All efforts to explain their source have been in vain. Unquote. Remember those new roasts we were talking about with the bowling balls? <laughs> <laughs> I'm starting to think this is just some kid next door that's really pissed, just throwing the, bo- the stone straight up in the air, <laughs> letting them fall down. <laughs> Boom. Boom. In 1882, near Bedford, Indiana, according to the newspaper Indiana Democrat, quote, the storm on a recent night was a strange one. The strangest thing that took place was at the farm of Abraham Smith, who lives four miles south of Bedford, where a real, genuine shower of stones fell, mixed with what seems like plastering. The stones are of various sizes, some really as large as a man's fist, while others are quite small. The most of them are white flint, a stone that is not found in that part of Indiana. Many of Mr. Smith's windows were broken and several shingles knocked off of his roof. In the immediate vicinity of the house, more than a barrel of these stones could be gathered. 
A great many persons have visited the Smith family farm to satisfy themselves in regard to the matter. Unquote. Uh, the neighbor's meth house blew up. <laughs> <laughs> they were rock collectors, flint collectors. Now, in 1882, uh, I mean, stone houses were common. Yeah. But white flint stone, though? Yeah. I don't know. They would usually use the stones that were around to do that, not mm, ship them in from somewhere really far away. In Harrisonville, Ohio, in October 1901, the Buffalo Express, a small local newspaper, reported that on October 13th, quote, a, bowl, a small boulder came crashing through the window of Zach Dye's house, unquote. Nobody was witnessed in the vicinity. Within a few days, the whole town was afflicted by stones and boulders falling from a clear sky. The townspeople ro- rounded up all the men and boys of Harrisonville to rule out the phenomenon being caused by a gang of troublemakers. The stones continued to fall. Several days later, the rain of stones just stopped as mysteriously as it had started. Giants exist. I was thinking it was just a giant who got pissed and was just throwing rocks. <laughs> I mean, with small bolt or somebody with a trebuchet. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> God damn it. I hate you, Aaron. I'm going to try to hit you with the trebuchet from a mile away. They ground, we rounded up all the guys from that town, but it was the town <laughs> next door that was just wanting to take up for some land. And so they like, <laughs> Well, damn it. We don't have any weapons. Well, I got medieval weapons that I've been storing for fun. <laughs> Let's do it. Next, going to start raining watermelons because they ran out of rocks. <laughs> Where's my son? <laughs> Children fell from the sky. There's the flesh and blood. I got it. All right. <laughs> we overshot Jimmy. <laughs> <laughs> now, the technical definition of a boulder is a rock with a size greater than 10.1 inches in diameter. So, I mean, that's a pretty big thing. Yeah. It's amazing. In the late summer of 1977 in Spokane, Washington, stones the size of golf balls and of no apparent origin fell on the front lawn and through the front windows of a family resident. Police Captain Charles Crabtree investigated the incident while it was happening. Two stones actually landed near him while he was on the roof. He deduced, given the fact that the porch had a 15-foot overhang and the lawn was full of 50-foot trees, the rocks must be getting hurled from somewhere. But surveillance from ground and air failed to detect anything or anyone responsible. So, hail sucks. We've had Mm -hmm. to replace roofs and siding due to hail. Rocks and boulders? No. What about hail, fire, and brimstone? Hail, fire, and blimstone. And blimstone. (laughs) I hate when blimstone falls from the sky. Now, I've got something that we'd all love to have fall from the sky. Yeah. What happened if you walked out into your yard to go to work and it was covered in coins? Get the wheelbarrow. (laughs) Precisely. Now, this has happened many times over the globe. The first report that I found happened on September 28th, 1909 in Kanakee, Illinois. If I said that wrong, my Illinois listeners, let me know. Witnesses reported a strange whizzing noise around mid-morning. 
Around this time, a shower of pennies, nickels, and dimes rained down on the ground. Witnesses also reported that the coins felt warm to the touch. This area is also known for fish and frog grains as well. We figured out what happened to wow. D.B. Cooper. <laughs> <laughs> now, in 1949, in Russia, coins rained down during a thunderstorm. That's all I could find on that one. And in September 1956, in Bristol, England, they also experienced coins falling from the heavens. On April 15th, 1957, in Borges, France, I probably said that completely wrong, I don't know any French, thousands of 4,000 franc notes fell from the sky, but nobody ever claimed them. So nobody claimed they were missing money. We're talking thousands of them. I don't know how much a 4,000 franc note is worth. I figure if it's a note, that means it's paper, and at least in America, paper is more than coin. So... Well, I know that today, I don't know what it was in 1951, but 4,000 French francs is about $672. So thousands of those falling. And nobody claimed it. Now, in December, in December of 68, in Ramsgate, Kent, shoppers heard pennies bouncing off the pavement, between 40 and 50 of them, in short scattered bursts for about 15 minutes. The London Daily Mirror reported that witnesses, a witness named Jean Clement said, quote, You could not see them falling. All you heard was the sound of them hitting the ground. And, end, end quote. Some of the coins hit the ground hard enough that they actually dented the coins themselves. Oh, my goodness. Clement reported that there were no tall buildings nearby and they heard no planes overhead. In January 1976, in Limburg, Germany, 2,000 marks were seen falling by two clergymen. Now, this next story happened in May 28, 1982, when young girls were walking through St. Elizabeth's Churchyard in Reading, England. The girl reported that she saw a 50 pence coin fall from nowhere. As the day went on, children continued to find other coins in the same spot. Finally, the owner of a local candy store called the church, believing that the children were stealing from the poor box. (laughs) Upon investigation, it was found that no money was missing. The children all swore that the coins seemed to be coming from the sky. They claimed to hear a tinking sound on the sidewalk, and then they looked down and there was a coin on the ground. Reverend Graham Marshall of St. Elizabeth's Church conducted an investigation and quickly rolled out pranks as the walls were too tall for someone to be throwing coins over it was also discovered that some of the coins were even embedded in the ground on their edge what could be causing all this money to fall from the sky did db cooper overshoot his jump (laughs) are water spouts hitting underwater treasure chests maybe it all is from oak island oh ha 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 but i personally would love to walk outside and just have Money laying all over the ground. We were talking about this at work, and I was we were talking about oh, I get to take the bucket out there, and I'm like, ha, I own a pickup truck. (laughs) (laughs) I'm gonna have a bed full of money. I have one more item that fell from the sky. That I just have one report of this, and I think I have an explanation for this one. But on April seventeenth, nineteen sixty nine, the New York Times reported that Ruth Stevens, a woman from Palm Springs, 
was driving when a wheel suddenly fell out of the sky uh, onto the hood of her car and it left a one foot dent. Then the article didn't say anything about what type of wheel it was, but it did say that they investigated at the airports and no planes had reported missing landing gear. Now, what I think that one might be is, you know, when a semi loses a wheel, how sometimes they'll jump. Mm-hmm. I oh, kind of yeah. thought, well, maybe a car ahead of her lost a wheel and it bounced and then looked like it came down from the yeah. sky. Because I feel like if a, way, a wheel fell from the sky, it's going to leave bigger than a one foot. Yeah, bin. that's kind of what I was thinking too. Like, yeah. So I think that may have been more of it Bounced bounced and, and then just hit her car. And I mean, that kind of stuff happens all the time. Yeah. But so that is it fell from the sky. What what things would you guys, you know, like to see fall from the sky? Money, that's about it. Money? Women. He's that's kind of dark. <laughs> they're falling, they're not surviving. Sorry, mermaids, is that more specific? Mermaids over oceans. Mermaids. <laughs> Those would be water spots. Over large bodies of water. Into your swimming pool, right? No, large, large, large? Bo- large bodies of water. Okay. Okay. <clears throat> I, I personally, money is my number one. Like, I'd like to have money fall. But you know what's interesting about that is back May, it was May 8th tornado, and it would have been 2002, no, 2003. There was a bank hit by a tornado because I was right up there by it. And there wasn't money floating around in the air. The building was almost completely gone, but there wasn't money anywhere. Oh, there probably was. A few states away. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so if it rained down money somewhere in like what what direction did I go? In Missouri or uh, Arkansas, that was from the... Yeah. The Liberty Mutual that was <laughs> <laughs> at 2.40 and sooner. Because <laughs> I drove past it like maybe 20 minutes after it happened because I was trying to get home because I was in the tornado. Now but the vault was still intact. The vault it? was still intact, yes. So I guess all the money could have been in the vault. But yeah, everything else was pretty much leveled. So I don't know. Because I, I think the people in the bank were in the vault also. Yeah. Now, when tornadoes do hit, I mean, we've seen the aftermath of tornadoes. And there's weird things happen during tornadoes. Like we talked about our sister on one of our episodes. Our sister was hit with a May 3rd tornado. And she was in an upstairs apartment. And when she came back, all of the walls were gone. But there was a plastic bag still sitting on her counter. Yeah. Yeah. So... An empty plastic bag just hanging out, yeah. not moving. Well, then, like, on the May 20th tornado that hit through Moore, I mean, at the hospital in Moore, there was cars from the parking lot on top of the hospital. Yeah. Like, it's crazy what it can move and what it doesn't. Yeah. And then there were people from the top of the hospital <laughs> down in the parking lot. <laughs> <laughs> Wild yeah. stuff. The hospital actually did pretty darn good in the tornado. So. Yeah, it did. I did. I don't think they had any casualties. Not in that. Well, there were, I think there were some casualties in that tornado, but not in the hospital, yeah. 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 Now, um, I mean, I've seen pictures of a piece of straw going by through a two-by-four yeah. in tornadoes. I've, I've been witness to a shingle going through a glass door and then sticking into a metal door. Yeah. Um, 
I've seen. I mean, well, what the whole roof was picked up and set back down. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I mean, tornadoes do some weird things, but to be selective, that's, you know, that's exactly what you would yeah. call it. Though, yeah. is a selective because uh, there's like with the last tornado that hit more. There were literally blocks upon blocks of houses that were like completely destroyed, but in in those blocks, there's also houses that were completely untouched. Yeah, I'm, I mean, I understand that because they jump around. I mean, it's not just on the ground constantly; they jump, and so yeah, you will have a house completely leveled, but both houses on either side of it are fine. But the selectiveness of picking up species, a species of fish, <laughs> a yeah. type of frog, oh. yeah, oh. like yeah. that specificness, like. Yeah, picking up pennies, nickels, and dimes, but leaving the quarters. I mean, come on! <laughs> so I want can, the quarters. We can te- technically call them the the money ones, uh, leprechaun. Yeah, leprechaun. <gasps> it could be it. Maybe it was a leprechaun get picked up and. Not He's like, You'll never find oh, my pot of gold. <laughs> 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 so, let us know what would you like to have rain down on you. I yeah. think we're all probably in agreement that money is yep. number one. Yeah. But that's going to do it for this episode. And thank you for listening. This was a fun episode to record. We had a blast. And I farted. If you want to check us out on our social medias, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, we're at UNP Normalcy. On Facebook, not only follow our page, but follow our group. Our group is far more entertaining than our page because we can interact a little bit more. Um. Our website is umpnormalcy.com. And we're also have a Patreon at patreon.com slash umpnormalcy. Also, a lot of our information for this episode came from a book called Unexplained Strange Sightings, Incredible Occurrences, and Puzzling Physical Phenomenon by Jerome Clear. Or sorry, Jerome Clark. Um, I will put a link to that book on our page. We've gotten a lot of information for our podcast from this episode or from this book. And it's a pretty cool book. There's a lot of really interesting information in it. But it'll be linked on our our, our page, our website as well. And I think I've covered all the bases. Our, our email is umpnormalcy at gmail.com. Huh? Eli, we're with you, man. Yes, queen. And until next time. Keep your eyes on the sky. No, that's not our catchphrase. Keep digging. Keep digging. Keep digging. All right, now I'm happy. Pick your nose, everybody. <laughs>